0: grace mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ our text is Matthew 26 here again the verses which read do you not think that I can appeal to my father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels but how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so you may be seated how often it is that we do not get the point How often have we thought, oh, my goal in life is to be happy and everything should be easy. And, you know, difficult things should be avoided. And, you know, we can can grow strong on our own. Well, Luther was spot on when he wrote, no strength of ours can match his might. We would be lost, rejected. And even more so. And now a champion comes to fight whom God himself elected. You may ask who this may be. The Lord of hosts is he, Christ Jesus, mighty Lord, God's only Son adored. He holds the field victorious. The Lord of hosts. Comes from that old phrase, Lord of Sabaoth. Maybe you heard that word Sabaoth when we went ahead and sang from Divine Three or even from the other version of A Mighty Fortress. Sabaoth means army the army of angels Jesus Christ is the Lord he is the commander and chief of the army of angels they defend you because he has directed them to do so and yet when it comes to him he asks them to stand down why because Jesus did not fail to get the point He faithfully taught, as we read in Matthew chapter 20, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to submit to the will of his Father. He came to drink the cup of God's wrath all the way to the bottom, or as they say, to the dregs, which is where the dirty wine is, right? All the way to the bottom. For you for me, for all. He came to bear the sins of the world in our place. He came to be abandoned by all, including his Father, who, because Jesus would never, never abandon those who trust in him. Here, this is strength upon strength, to knowingly and willingly bear insults, attacks, and the cruelty of a sinful world even the failure of his very own disciples and the condemnation of the Father. True strength can look like failure. It can look like conceding, giving in, like losing. For those of you who had children, especially fathers, you know when your kids wrestle with you when they were tiny? You could beat them, couldn't you? And probably physically you could too. And yet, what did you do? You even let them win sometimes, right? <laughs> to show how strong that they were or could be. But you had true strength then is holding back. Even more, the Son of God shows His true strength by holding back. The eternal eternal Son of God cries to the Father asking that this horrible ordeal would be avoided. Then most desires that this horrible ordeal would be followed through if that's the Father's will that he alone do what we cannot do for ourselves, to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, it's odd. Both Jesus and Judas and the crowds with him desire the same thing there in the Garden of Gethsemane. They both want Jesus betrayed and arrested. But for different reasons. The crowd just wants to get rid of Jesus, right? But Jesus wants to use it to save you. They both want the same thing, Jesus' betrayal and arrest. And yet, one of the disciples, and we know from John that it's Peter, tries to interrupt this plan now we have a tendency don't to handle things that are uncomfortable the same way we've always done it right if all we have is a hammer every problem looks like a nail the disciples have consistently missed the point when jesus began to explain to them that he must go to jerusalem and be rejected by the chief priests and the elders and suffer and to die What does Peter do? Oh, that shall never happen to you. At the transfiguration, Peter offers to build three tents, one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah, so they could hang out in God's glory. Now, here in the Garden of Gethsemane, after after sleeping through Jesus' prayers, being awakened to Jesus' betrayal, Peter pulls out the sword and he misses the point. Peter's attempt to stave off Jesus' rest was doomed to failure and pathetic. Peter, as Martin Franzman noted, could hardly have misunderstood the purpose of Jesus more thoroughly. For Jesus' double question teaches us what's really going on here. Do you not think that I could appeal to the Father and at once he would send me more than 12 legions of angels? But how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? You see, none of this, none of this is a mistake. None of this is a mere miscarriage of justice. Or the result of Jesus being weak it is the very opposite this is deter- is the determined plan to the father that he has set down from the foundation of the world and promised in the Old Testament this is the ultimate act of justice as Jesus takes the place of every sinner everywhere that has ever lived Jesus gets what I deserve he gets what you deserve. He gets what every sinner deserved according to the Father's plan. Oh no, Jesus is not weak. He could have instantly stopped everything. He could have destroyed everyone who seeks Him harm. And yet, He willingly and painfully humbles Himself according to the divine plan for us. That's strength. It is not strength for intimidation. But Jesus, who is strength, is to be relied on, trusted, rested in, who stands for us. He is our ransom. That's the point. Jesus is for us. As he said of himself, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so it is that he fulfills the scriptures. So he prays for the Father's will to be done, even though he knows what the cost is. And so he sweats blood under the weight of all our sins and its deserved condemnation. And he lets even one of his own, yes, Judas, betray him. With a kiss. How critical is it that we are served by Jesus? We cannot deliver ourselves. We cannot give our own forgiveness and get our own life and salvation. We can only We can only receive. And that's why every divine service begins with the confession and the absolution, the forgiveness of sins. It's why the shepherds are the first ones there to see the infant Jesus. They have nothing. They have nothing to give. You must first be served by Christ Our church fathers confess this, thus, the service of and the worship of the gospel is to receive the good things from God, while the worship of the law is to offer and to present our own goods to God. We cannot offer anything to God unless we have first been reconciled and reborn, they write. The greatest possible comfort comes from this doctrine that is teaching that the highest worship in the gospel is to desire to receive forgiveness of sins, grace, and salvation. It would be a pathetic miscalculation for us to think that our strength, that our goodness, our wisdom could save us. We'd be making the same mistake, the same mistake the disciples made, the same mistake that Peter made, and we would miss the point. It is only Jesus' work that saves us. We can only do what Jesus has given us to do. And we do take up a sword, the sword of the Spirit, the very Word of God, to live according to our calling, that is, to love our neighbors, yeah, including our enemies, to forgive even as the Lord has forgiven you. And by the mercy of God, to reject our hammers of vengeance and grudge-holding and to faithfully and joyfully rejoice in Jesus who alone fights the good fight for us. That's the point. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.